gone on us. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. And you're in the transporter room. We want to warn you in advance that you will hear the words Caitlyn Jenner more than once tonight or today or this morning or whenever it is you're listening to us, but it's okay. It's going to be okay. Just because we're saying the words doesn't mean that you have to worry because it just seems that Caitlyn Jenner has taken over the internet the last week or so. Carly, why don't you tell us some news that has nothing to do with Caitlyn Jenner? I wish I could do that except for one thing. Her name just kept coming up. Uh, in the hearing in Kansas, her name came up on three different speeches in in the Senate veto vote on Monday. It came up three different times during the veto proceedings. It came down to literally one vote. It came Amazing. down. And they didn't to, overturn the veto, right? They, yes, they needed 27. They got 26. And I mean, it literally it literally came down to one vote. And at the end of the day, and at the end, it was one lone state senator who did that job, who, who made the, who made the decision and cast the vote that, and cast the vote. It came, it was 2613 and it was a state senator from, from actually from Kansas city area. It was one of only two black state senators there, David Wiley. One of only two black state senators in Kansas that came down to his one vote. And he gave a short speech where he talked about how he was torn on the issue. He had constituents on both sides saying, we feel one way, we feel the other way. And this was a person who, in his history in the Kansas Senate, fought for things such as marriage equality, fought for LGBTQ rights. And... We had stated it was hard. He was torn, but it came down to his one vote. He voted no. And that means that Kansas will not have a trans ban. For now. <laughs> That's right. for, remember, for now. And then the other, then there was the other hearing on, then a few hours later in Pasadena, California, Ninth Circuit Court, federal. The finally at long wait at the, hear, the arguments in Hickok versus Little. The Idaho down. case. Yes, the Idaho case, HB 500, which has been held over since last since last summer. And it was your favorite barrister and mine, Chase Strangio, doing the job. The even man. With even with balky Wi-Fi, had, <laughs> had a little bit of Wi-Fi issues during it, but was able to lay down, was able to lay down the case directly against um, going nose to nose with the attorney general of Idaho and with Roger Brooks from the the hired gun from the ADF. So and what a, what a terrible thing that happened in the in the uh, hours leading up to the hearing. Save Women's Sports misgendered him, calling him a woman, Chase Strangio, on Twitter. And I'm just ugh, beside well, myself. What a cheap com- shot. Well, common people do common things. And they know what they were doing. It was a Beth Stelzer shame on you. It was a tactic, and they know it. Christina Holcomb backing it up from the ADF. Shame on you. And by the way, Ms. Holcomb, even though, like you, I am a foot-washing believer in Jesus Christ, the difference is I actually believe my gospel you don't. You owe two kids in my, in my state of Connecticut an apology. I know we're not going to get it. 
no, no, but, no, no. But no. if I ever, if I ever see this person, that'll be the first thing that comes out of my mouth. You owe Andrea Yearwood and Terry Miller a public apology. You I've been dead. as close to her as I am to the camera right now. And I can tell you, it's not a pretty sight. Well, my <laughs> old thing is God don't like, as my grandmama would say, God don't like ugly. And that was ugly today. And there's one person I will call out. And there's um, the people, and I'd like to send memo to Nancy Hogshead Maycar. Two members of your working group signed on to a petition and signed on in support of a group that today willingly misgendered Mr. Strangio. Yeah. You tell me that, about you this. You let that sink in. Tell me about this judge who said something about he doesn't see women in dresses anymore or girls in dresses. What was that? Oh, all it was, um, I believe, uh, I mean. Doesn't matter what his name is. What was he talking about? Girls in dresses? What does that have to do with anything? I have no, I have no idea what that was about. I mean, that was, that was not something I, I was stunned by that, hearing yeah. that. Crazy um, talk. Only, only, only religious, only religious women wear dresses now. And to me, it, it, to me, it held up a very, I mean, it was trying to bring minutia into a rather important point on the case that, Ch that Strangio was trying to make here. Which but is what? When, which is simply put is that. Jane Doe, one of the two, one of the two signed on to the case, who is a young high school student in Idaho, is concerned that every time she plays, every time she plays in a sport, because of the way the law is written, she's going to be scrutinized every time. I mean, one of the planks of HB 500 is, is that someone can challenge, can literally say, I don't think you're a girl. And then certain things happen, including the possibility of it opens the door to things such as gender testing, the return of the naked parade, something that the IOC <sighs> got rid of more than 20 years ago. I can only and hope that, Carly, that years from now we look back on this and say, what were they thinking? I hope this is just an aberration, but I, I worry. I mean, it's it's, you know, uh, The Handmaid's Tale is back on Hulu. Maybe this is just a new season of The Handmaid's Tale. Well, you know, you're dealing with people who think The Handmaid's Tale is a textbook, <laughs> not a novel. Gilead. I, mean, I think sometimes I think it may happen sometime around perhaps the Rome or McBride administrations when we may be looking <laughs> back on this. But but no, it's it, no. It, but today, it, but I'll tell you, looking back on it today from two days ago, it was I mean, I figured adults would act a little bit better than that. That was yeah. childish. And, I, and, yeah. and I'll say this. Um, best doll, I mean, I was talking to J.C. Cooper about this. Because oh, yeah, what did J.C.? J.C., the powerlifter who's yes, still fighting I, in court for the right to fight. Save Women's Sports is based in Minnesota. And J.C. Right. was telling me that, there. I mean, the that action actually it, i mean that action straddles the line as far as the hate crimes law in minnesota mm -hmm. i mean was like how can they still continue to be in existence as a group based in minnesota when they're directly harassing trans people that's what they're and that's what this is really about this is not about fairness i mean to people who to those who claim not to know this is really not about fairness here and it's and caitlin jenner should know better yes i said her name but 
this is not about fairness. This is really about a ratio of trans people. Sports is really a small part of this. And that's something I've said in, in a lot of my reportage. Dawn, you've read it from me in the in the stories that you that you edit and check from me ad nauseum infinitum. This is not really about sports. At its core, this is really about erasure. This isn't about fairness for women. This is about we just hate transgender people. And That's misogyny. This is. Yes, this exactly. is transphobia and misogyny hand in hand. And you mentioned and, some names, so I want to drop some names. Did you know that when you said J.C. Cooper, who in addition to being a powerlifter has been doing MMA work, that there's another out trans athlete who has decided to take on MMA? Former college wrestler and former high school wrestler, Mac Beggs, is now in training to be an MMA fighter. What? See, yeah. that, that I didn't know. Some Mac, news to break there. Mac and, Beggs and, and MMA. Now, what? Now, what does that mean as far as wrestling goes? Wrestling's over. Mac retired. Mac has decided to retire from college wrestling and now concentrating on his studies in college, concentrating on becoming an MMA fighter. And uh, I'll have more to report on that when we meet next. Well, well, hey, well, Mac, let me tell you, you're going to get in that octagon. You got one fan. We have a very special guest with us this week. Um, I want to make sure that you have coordinates set for the uh, Oregon Ducks, the home of the Oregon Ducks, Portland, Oregon. Is it Portland? I can't remember, but I think that our return guest, Dr. Bethany Grace Howe, is standing by waiting to be beamed up. Carly, would you I do us get the honor? I want to get a reconfirm on, on that position. Bethany, is that Portland? Are you, in track, no, no. are you in track city? I, I am in Track Town, USA. Okay. Oh, Eugene. Then, then let's let's make sure we don't beam up the wrong Dr. Bethany Grace House. You got it. It's like there's more than one. Oh. <laughs> They're better. I don't want to. I don't want to mirror Bethany Grace Howe. It's a two people. No, an evil Dr. No, Bethany Grace Howe. I, would, I wouldn't want an ADF Bethany Grace Howe. I wouldn't want. I just energize. We'd be screwed. Welcome to the transporter. Welcome back to the transporter room, Dr. Bethany nice to be Grace back. Although I'm still sitting here trembling at the idea of me in a Van Dyke beard, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hope you wouldn't be that um, that woman in the greatest showman, you know, the Yeah. The no, I just beard. I just watched that episode last week. It's awesome. Mirror mirror, great <laughs> yeah. show. Oh. So so would you update us, Bethany? You've been doing a lot of interesting work helping your community in uh oregon we'd love to hear more about that before we talk about you know who i do um yeah in uh something totally off the uh transgender track um the little town where i spent 10 years being a high school teacher um one of the neighboring bedroom communities uh had a wildfire go through it over labor day weekend um we had in the state something like six, seven different major fires, burned a million acres, destroyed 30, 4,500 homes. 300 of those homes were in um, Otis, Oregon, burned up about one third of the, of the town. And so I hit the ground volunteering. That was two weeks after the fire. And somehow between, <laughs> I just kept volunteering and now I'm the executive director of a nonprofit and I work for the uh, state of Oregon in emergency services. And so I, uh, I'm trying to help people get home. Congratulations and thank you for doing such heroic work. This is the kind of thing that all of us should be doing a little bit of in our own time, helping each other. It's nice. Well, so yeah, gives me purpose, gives me meaning, which is always good. 
Well, one thing, well, Bethany, I'm not surprised. In fact, I'm noticing, I'm looking at a photo of you holding up the boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Otis is the kind of place where they don't, uh, as the saying goes, they don't cotton to strangers. And so I very quickly figured out if I was going to start wandering around Otis, I'd better do one of two things, be in complete camouflage or stand out. And now everybody knows that the transgender rainbow boot, rainbow haired hippie chick, uh, that I'm there to help and, and don't shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Maybe that should be the first thing you say, don't shoot me. Tell me oh, what the, kind of reception you received from uh, uh, folks who probably don't know many trans folks. You know, it uh, when I hit the ground, all I did was said, how could I help? And I literally put my phone number up everywhere. And I, I say this jokingly um, that it's a mountain full of people that I would say the largest demographic are like libertarians, Trump supporters, and nobody cares. Um, everybody up there is there to help everybody else. And it's, uh, we had a volunteer cleanup on the mountain and it was kind of run by uh, a pretty bold Trump supporter, a trans chick, um, a uh, community pastor and a, and, a, and a black guy. And so that was our running joke. Um, you know, the four of us walk into a bar and what happens? Well, we thought we'd try to save a town and, and truly, um, and it's not one of those things where we leave our identity at the door or any of that. It's no, every one of us knows what motivates the other one. And whether it's your belief in Jesus, whether it's your kind of libertarian spirit, whether for me, it's the desire to give back to a community that really helped me out when I was transitioning. We're all there for our own reasons. We respect those reasons and we joke about it. We get along great. Politically, we don't agree on anything, but it doesn't matter. We just, we got 800 families, 300 of whom lost everything they owned in under an hour. And until every one of them is home, we don't care. And by the time every one of them is home, we're, we're already friends and we always will be. So it's, it really is a place where all this stuff doesn't matter because I'm there to help. And I have been since I started and you know, what is it? There's no atheists in foxholes. Um, there's, there's no closed minded people when you're homeless. So, and I'm sure that's not literally true, but, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's been just very good people. And, you know, people comment occasionally on the fact that I'm trans, you know, I've really never met anyone like you. And it's, it's like, you know, well, I haven't met anyone like you. So there we go. <laughs> So How wonderful. So ultimately, it's all about the Wildfire Relief Network, first and foremost. It is. Well, that's what we actually call it. It's called the Wild, the, uh, the WRN. I call myself the Wren, which is because <laughs> if, you look, uh, if you look at what a Wren is, among other things, yes. it lives in uh, what they call, um, uh, God, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the piles of wood debris left over after you log. And this is a heavy mm -hmm. logging area, and these little birds live. And apparently they're incredibly noisy and incredibly high pitched chirp and they're really annoying. And I thought that is me. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've called myself the Wren since I started and let's just say everybody agrees it fits. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And you know what? We would be remiss if we didn't say and send along our condolences during all of this. You've also lost your father, something that Carly and I, and I know for a lot of listeners know what that's like. And um, may memories be a blessing. We, we hope that, um, you uh, take the time to take care of yourself during all this time where you're helping others. I am. I am. And uh, 
like I say, that crazy community, they're all at my back. They all give me hugs and, you know, we all kind of look at each other. Are you vaccinated? Yes. And we hug and, and they've been, this, this town has been my rock. I, I've helped them through a tragedy and now they're returning the favor. So I'm a very lucky woman. What is the status as of this moment on the 293 project? Um, right now we're up to about a hundred thousand bucks raised. We want to raise 293,000, 1000 for each family. Um, and that is without any, uh, actual fundraising. I mean, we've, we've got like memberships and, but I mean, this is just people hearing about what we do and sending us money. We're going to start a capital development project here in the next few months. And, uh, but yeah, we're feeling pretty good. Can we put a link in our social media to help? I can do that. I'll, uh, I'll, uh. I'll send it to you when we're please when do we're all done here. Yeah, I'll absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll put that up and that way people can contribute. Even a dollar cool. helps, folks. Even, Even a, dollar. a dollar helps. There's a sound that we play and it's playing in my ear right this second. It means we have to take a break and pay some bills. But when we come back <laughs> on the other side, Caitlyn Jenner, in her own words, and Bethany Grace Howe, who knows Caitlyn Jenner, will respond. You're in the transporter room. Stay with us. Here at the Transporter Room, I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb, along with Don Ennis, your favorite Oregonian and mine, Bethany Grace Howell, with us on the podcast today. And coming back into it, we're going to talk about, well, well, what's been in the news cycle the last few days. Of course, one of the greatest denizens of the Wheaties box, Caitlyn Jenner, and a little bit of hot water. A year ago, she was in this forum talking to us about what the plan, what the next plan is. And back then she said she was just about helping the community, staying out of the, staying out of the political game, staying out of the eye of politics. But it turns out that the worm has turned in a lot of fundamental ways. There was something that she said in our interview in Don Ennis's sit down with her a year ago. We're going to play some of that sound right now. John, it's, it's, yes, politics is something I don't talk about any longer. Good for this you. Is, yeah, it's just like, yeah, we're staying out of that. But exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to, you know, I, I think every trans person, if they're into athletics, should have an opportunity to compete um, and to improve themselves. I think uh, sports is such a great way to learn a lot about yourself and um yeah i want to hopefully they'll have the opportunity in the future to do whatever they can do so um yeah i'm all for it i know yeah i'm all for it well so much for that <laughs> tmz got her on tape saying biological boys should not play girls sports Biological boys. This from the so-called trans advocate, activist people call her. She is not an activist. <sighs> I gotta tell you, Bethany, I don't think that this is a deal breaker for everyone, but even just running for governor, before she even said this, I said, I'm done. <laughs> what was your reaction to her bid for governor and this latest declaration? Um, you know, as, as far as her bid for governor, I just, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm, 
I'm not going to get in her head and say whether or not she's sincere. Um, you know, I don't think that's right for me to do. What I can say is this, is that, you know, back in November, she sent up this flare about wanting to be Kanye's vice president. And then uh, she made this appearance on The Masked Singer. Um, and now this, and it's just, I think she's, and I'm putting this as charitably as I can, I think she's struggling to have the voice that she used to have, to have the impact that she feels like she used to have. And she's looking for a way to do it. And this seems to be the latest effort. And, uh, you know, um, again, I'm never going to get in somebody's head and try to judge why they do something. But there like does you knew her that. better than most of us. I've interviewed her three times. Carly has yeah. actually seen her, but you have actually sat and talked with her many, many times. I have. And, and that's why when I say that, it's, you know, again, I'm putting the, the nicest spin on this I can is, you know, in my conversations with her, I always got the sense that she was somebody who wanted to make a difference. But, you know, she, she like, like any of us that are used to being a proportionally large fish in the pond, and whether that is, you know, you had the stage she had or whether you're the mayor of a small town when you're used to having an impact, when you're used to having a voice and you're used to being followed. And then you find that the things you say and the things you do no longer matter to anyone. Um, you know, like they say in sports all the time, the worst thing you can be in sports is irrelevant. And I think that's where she had gotten was not just not listened to, but almost irrelevant. As, as you put it a year ago, you know, there were things that it didn't matter what, what she said, what she thought. It was like, okay, well, that's interesting. So now, you know, lover, hater, she's suddenly relevant again in terms of exposure in popular culture. And I, and I do think that matters to her. Sadly. I that no i'm no i'm hearing bethany i'm hearing what you're saying and i'm feeling that in a lot in a lot of ways and i and that's one thing because i know like right now this is rough for you because you're talking about somebody who's been who's who has been a friend and and i'll admit as much as as much as difficult as i am as difficult and conflicted my feelings about her are at the same at the same time I mean, I don't like the fact that now there has become, on one hand, there has been this bashing fest of just transphobia, misgendering towards her, on one hand. And all of us, too. We, we're getting lumped in. All yeah. this stuff against her is reflecting back on us. Yeah. Yes, but also on the other side, I also have, and I'm, I want to get your take on this, just this crossfire on one hand, uh, the misgendering that's come out even within trans circles. I mean, I don't know how many times on like my social media I've had to tell people, no, that's not the way to be. You need to cool that. And on the other side, all of a sudden you have all these reactionaries who have called trans people everything except the child of God. And now <laughs> there and and now all of a sudden there's like, well, I'm supporting Kate and God dang it. I mean, what what for you, what is this? I mean, being close to her, what has been this? What has this maelstrom been like for you? 
Well, you know, I, and it's funny, Dawn and I, one of the things I've always loved about Dawn is she's one of the, the she was one of the first trans people and one of the few people to just, just take me out <laughs> on certain things when I would say, I don't understand this. And she'd be like, let me explain it to you. And, and one of the reasons is, is, is that I operate, my, my brain works like a, a researcher. And in, and a lot of times when you're doing research, you're struggling to, to, to do what's like, you want to prove the negative. In other words, you do everything you can to prove yourself wrong. And for me, a lot of that has always been looking at the things that I would see Caitlin do in public, contrasting them with the things that I knew of her from my private interactions and just saying, okay, I know what I see personally. I know what I see portrayed in the media. I'm, I'm going to go with what I feel personally. And, and so I've always, I've always defended her right to be who she is, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, what this has been like the last week or so is, and, and I don't mean this as childish as it's going to sound, but I can't defend her anymore. And, and what I mean by that is, is that you can't look at this and, and, and take this as anything but what it is. Um, and it's, it's hurtful and it's hurtful for me personally. And, and I don't mean like that should matter, but I mean, this is the woman that funded my dissertation. This is the woman that funded my, my research that's, you know, has me being a published author and, and I'm published under her name. And yet she made a statement that contradicted the very thing that her name is on. I mean, my, my dissertation addressed how the very thing she wants to do in athletics is <laughs> the very thing that I said in my dissertation, do not do this in athletics. She's now advocating doing, and this is going to sound really pithy and really self-centered, but my reaction was, did you even read the dissertation? <laughs> did you even read the document you paid for? And, and I, and I don't mean that as ridiculous as it sounds, but it Actually, just, I don't see that as ridiculous at all. And because I mean, I'll, I'll say this when I first, when I first heard, when I first saw the, saw the TMZ video, it didn't, it, it on one hand, it didn't surprise me, but on the other hand, Having having five days to let it marinate, I'm sad that I wasn't surprised because I I remember the night of that first interview, the Diane's. You remember the one with Diane? Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, and and this for me is personal. Not only as a, may take trans out of the equation as a track geek, that yeah. affected me a certain way because. This person's picture was on my wall as a kid. I wanted to be a decathlete because my favorite athletes in track were decathletes. Caitlin was one. Daly Thompson was another. And he's become something of a turf voice over on Turf Island, too. And that breaks my heart. And seeing, seeing this person who, uh, who I looked at and looked up to 
it does. I mean, seeing this person and then seeing this progression now, it does. I mean, looking back on it, it hurt that I wasn't surprised. It hurt that I wasn't surprised. So no, I I feel where you're at. Yeah, it, I yeah, and it's interesting. You feel kind of betrayed as as a as a as a track person. I feel betrayed as a scientist. It's how could you and I have sat there and had all these discussions about what you thought my science could do for transgender people and what you thought we could do with it together to advance transgender people and then so thoroughly turn your back on it. And, and I, I just, you know, it's, I could, yeah. Yeah. If I just, yeah. I want to just weigh in for a second because I want to make it clear. Caitlin Jenner, you can do anything you want to do. You have every right. You don't owe anyone anything. Just because you're transgender doesn't mean you have to be a liberal or a Democrat or a progressive. It doesn't mean you can't run for office. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, clear with Bethany, with Carly, with me, with anyone, even your Kardashian family. You don't need to clear anything. You can do anything you want. But when you turn your back on the children who you pose with, who you spoke to, who you referred to in your SB acceptance speech, when you turn your back on them and call them biological boys, just so you can either get donations or attention or whatever it is that you really hope to gain from this. Because I don't really think, just like Donald Trump, I don't think you expect to win. Maybe you will, who knows? But you turned your back on kids, kids who looked up to you and you hurt them. I, I just, it's unforgivable to me. And I, I'm very upset about the part where people are, are you know, using um, uh, transphobic memes and other parts and, and, and those who are opposed to trans inclusion are now calling her their, their hero. That all aside, it's how she treated children. That's what bothers me. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know what? Here's the crazy thing. Uh, one of the things that makes me the angriest is to me, she turned her back on athletics. And, and what I mean by that is, and I'm not talking professional sports, and I don't know what I feel about collegiate sports. Collegiate are now this weird hybrid of amateur and paid. But when we're talking high school sports, and I hear all this stuff about, well, you know, so-and-so, you know, got the state title. We seem to have come to this idea that high school sports were created so we could determine who was the fastest and who's the best. That's not why high school sports were created, and that's not why they exist. And in fact, if you read the, the handbooks of like state athletic federations, nowhere in there does it say that high school athletics is for the purpose of determining who is fastest or who is best. It says no. It is about character building. It is about nurturing the development of the high school athlete, of the, of the, of the young adult human being. And, and what Caitlin has said and what all these people are saying is, is that as we decide who gets to participate in high school athletics, we have decided that one kids need to get first instead of second. And I believe that's happened like six times in the entire history of high school athletics, but whatever, that we've decided that kids need to get first supersedes that other kids right to be recognized as a human being, to be recognized for who they are. So your kid's gold medal is more important than 
my transgender kids desire to stay alive to not commit suicide to be accepted it's nauseating and it's anyone, gonna kill people it is and, and, it's, it, gonna, it, it is. it's already it's, doing it in arkansas from what we're hearing i mean so exactly that's a so so we've decided you'd we've decided you'd rather make a high school kid suicidal than you would that other kid lose that get a get a uh get a you know a, a whatever whatever a get second a scholarship or yeah i mean well, that's, that's been the biggest thing this whole well but concept that's, of scholarships i don't know of any trans hitting. scholarship winners do you carly are there any well but you see that that's one of the points I'm, I'm looking at here because i'm hearing this a lot i heard that i heard i've heard this up down and center i've i have watched in since the start of this year perhaps committee meetings committee hearings and floor debates on state senates and house of representatives in 19 states since the start of this year in part to write in part because my managing editor likes it that way yes but, but the thing but the thing that keeps coming up over and over again is that a girl i mean some a trans athlete, and that's a, a whole nother thing, just the dehumanization. I mean, remember, it's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, then stop. Forget <laughs> that a girl, that a, a, a girl's going to lose an opportunity to a trans athlete. We can't, we can't even use the term cisgender and transgender. Male okay. body, don't but, forget those words. Yeah, oh yeah, male body, biological male. And I've had this discussion with a number of people said, well, I've even had people go completely disingenuous and say, well, you know, I had someone actually say, well, you know, well, you know, Carly, um, these trans athletes could take a, a scholar, could take a scholarship opportunity away from another black girl. And I'm like, first, you don't even care about that. And secondly, there is a, you know, there's a cure for that. It's called systemic change. Yeah. It's called, you know, college education for all. You know, those things that a certain president of the United States is talking about. Mm -hmm. As far as the American family recovery, as far as that that American recovery thing that they're trying to get through, they're talking about things such as help for you know, expanding financial aid for college, those those sorts of things. And you see, that's that's a lot of this. I mean, people are bringing up so many issues that, if you're willing to step outside the box and really look at those issues and take the transphobia out of it, for a perfect example is what some of these people want to do. Well, we just want to make sure like. For example, Nancy Hogshead's talking about well, we just want to make sure that 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 if a trans girl, if these little trans girls are on hormones and hormone blockers, then everything's fine. Great. That means you're all for access to affirming care, which means you're going to go out there and speak out against all these bills that want to cr criminalize it. Right. Well, no, we're just here for the trans women. See. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will say that um, both Juniper Eastwood and one of the other. Uh, working group people have, Avina Martina have been writing and campaigning against these trans bills. Nancy Hugs and McCarr may not have been, but other members of the working group have been, but they've been very silent uh, in terms of Kansas and Idaho. And let's just give Bethany the last word on this Caitlyn Jenner stuff and let's move on because honestly, it just gets me worked up and I don't want to be worked up. So Bethany, you get the last word on Ms. Jenner. I just, it makes me sad. Um, that, and again, I'm going to put on the kindest hat I can. It, it makes me sad that as she is trying to figure out who she is, 
she seems more driven by this need to be relevant, this need to matter, than she's driven by being consistent with who she is. Yeah. And I, uh, this sounds like a terrible thing to say. I mean, people think I'm a terrible person for saying this. I, I feel sorry for her. And that doesn't, just, it does not change the damage she is doing. And let me make that very clear. But I just, I can't imagine still after everything that she's been through and, and, and everything she's experienced as a transgender woman still at this point to be flailing about trying to figure out who you are, that you would do this to the very people that you swore that you were there to protect. I just. Well, she figured out one thing. Our friend Kara and Deb on Twitter at Kara and Deb said that Caitlyn Jenner revealed her pronouns this week. Me, me, and me. <laughs> wow. Mic drop. Well, this is the part of the show where we talk about Star Trek and sci-fi and all those parts of the show that we love the most because, Bethany, I know you're a fellow geek like us. What you binging these days? What you watching? What have you been doing to escape all the wildfire rec recovery stuff? Um, I will admit I love every iteration of Star Trek. Um, I love the new ones. I love the old ones. I have been listening to uh, Inglorious Trexperts, the podcast. I'm a junkie for that thing. I listen to a lot of Star Trek podcasts. Um, but lately, I've been going through uh, the original series and just watching, like I watched Balance of Terror the other day. Love and that. Just, oh, my God. And the, and the Doomsday Machine. And, you wait, know, wait, I'm, wait, Doomsday Machine. Wait a minute. Not with my ship, you don't. That's, that's right. That's right. And <laughs> my and, favorite line. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded that they're, you know, they're about to beam him up or they're trying to beam him off as he's about to go blow this thing up. And he's like, gentlemen, beam me up. <laughs> and he, even as he's about to die, um, he's, uh, you know, he's still, he's Kirk. He's humorous. Yes. He's funny. Yes. So, yes. so yes, yes. Love it. Love yes. it. Love it. And, and Romney, the, the other line from uh, Balance of Terror that I also love is, there's no room for prejudice on this bridge. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I love it. Put in your quarters, no. mister. Oh, <laughs> I love the original series. And I, I, I hope that people who are turned on by Picard and Lower Decks and all these other shows do take a back seat and, and, and look at the old shows because there's so many gems in there. And, you know, there are Turnabout Intruder and other bad mm -hmm. ones. But um, August is when Lower Decks comes back. We're hearing that Picard is shooting seasons two and three back to back with Q in both seasons. I know. And and on top of all that, there's been a COVID outbreak at the set for Discovery. Not Strange New Worlds, interestingly enough, but the Canadian set of um, of uh, Discovery had to get shut down by COVID. So ooh. I, I need these shows to come back. I do I, uh, too. Yeah. I'll tell no, you. And I, no, what were you saying, Bethany? Well, I'm just, and I'm also jonesing for the, the, for Star Trek four. I just need to look at every person on that bridge. Cause they're all gorgeous. <laughs> I wonder what they'll do. I wonder if they'll bring back the, the, the reboot cast because you know, um, the actor who played Chekhov is dead. I know. So we won't have him. Oh, well, and got real got, expensive. Yeah. And they all got real expensive. And they, they, this supposedly a new script written by one of the discovery showrunners. So we'll have to see what it is. Um, I, I'm also, uh, excited that we've, Today is Cinco de Mayo, but yesterday was um, 
Uh, may the fourth be with you. Star Wars Day. Are you yes. also a Star Wars geek, Bethany? I'm not as much of a Star Wars geek, but I mean, I was one of those kids that back when it was only showing in like, you know, a few hundred theaters, my dad had to take the entire day off from work to get his tickets. And so, yes. And uh, man, there's um, all this stuff coming out this uh, that that's out today. It's, um, oh my God. I, 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 was, I was reading, but I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but it's like all these little shorts and goodies and grab bags and oh yeah i'll uh lots of stuff is obi-wan's gonna have a series and mandalorian's coming back there'll be a series just about um uh uh the bounty hunter what's his name boba Curly. boba fett the book of boba fett right and then on top of everything else we have a new animated series called the bad batch so yes lots of lots of good sci-fi out there and yes, carly's been jonesing for um Actually, uh, for all mankind right for all mankind is a is a recommendation from apple tv and in fact part of the reason why i do recommend it is is that star trek is a predominant part of the show even even I'm... even with it being an alternative history star well yeah give trek bethany is... the background here because i'm not sure background, oh no i the... i know what i know what this show yeah. is and i gotta go oh, get okay. it i haven't seen I'm it gonna tell you, because i also it, need it's... to watch ted lasso Oh, Ted, oh, she loves well, Ted the new Lasso. Ted, no, the new Ted Lasso coming this fall. They're they are yep. shooting Ted Lasso right now. The second Carly's season. the number one Ted okay. Lasso fan. But but the thing is, because of the, I'm gonna give a spoiler here, <gasps> because of the the second season ender, of because it because this particular show, this particular show, the season ending show, the second season of For All Mankind referenced one of my favorite star original series star trek episodes a taste of what they say a taste of armageddon because of ah. something that chris that chris marshall's character and i'm gonna say it right now i'm gonna shout it out chris marshall because i know because i know you listen to the podcast of course because i know you do i'd love to have you i'd love to have you on it because one of the alternative history things that happens in for all mankind is that because the soviets beat us to the moon it accelerated everything for NASA. For example, instead of waiting until 1984 to put a woman in space, President Nixon says, no, I want a woman on the moon now. And it's 1970. And among that group was Chris Marshall's character, Captain Daniel Pohl, who became the first African-American astronaut 10 years ahead of Ronald McNair in, in the actual history. We we'll have to get that. You have to get that guest on there. And That's she the is a. Question. And she is. Her character is a Star Trek geek. And in this alternative history, she is the captain of what became the Apollo Soyuz test project. And it was done oh. in the eighties, but it was done during a time where the United States and the Soviet Union are within a hillbilly's heartbeat of nuclear war. And wow. she's sitting in the capsule, and she's saying because they're delaying the launch because of all the politics. And she quotes that famous line from Kurt, where he says, "Yes, we yes we have been killers. Yes, we have been savages, but we shall not be killers today." Today, I decide not today. Excellent. I decide we will oh, not be great. killers today. And she quotes this, and it's going <laughs> all over the world. She because they find out the Soviets just launched their Soyuz, meaning we're going to mm -hmm. go ahead with this mission. So she and NASA's like, we don't know. President Reagan's like, we don't know. And then she just says into the mic, back to mission control, that line. And they decide wow. from there, even with air raid sirens and air raid tests happening during this, and they decide to launch the Apollo anyway. 
We'll have to check that out. Thank you, Carly. Dr. Bethany Grace Howe, thank you for beaming up with us and chatting about Star Trek and what's her name and everything else under the sun. You bet. We've enjoyed this greatly. I've, read, uh, and, and, I've enjoyed and seeing y'all. And we want you back again to give us an update on the 293 project. We haven't had a three-peat guest yet, so you'll be the first three-peat yeah. guest. Well, I, I would love to be back, and let's just say I hope to be back when it's not about she who shall not be named. There you go. <laughs> well, no, the next time we'll the next time we'll have you back. You know what? During the WNBA season, I want to. I mean, I want to talk about Sabrina making making her trek for MVP. That's what Woo! I want. Take it, Amen take to it that. For the MVP. Go Ducks. So. All right, set coordinates, Carly. Yeah, we're gonna beam you back to Track City, USA. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> and Carly, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't say. We very much miss our dear friend, Monica Roberts, as we celebrate her first birthday in heaven this week. Yeah. God rest her soul. But, God rest in power. And thank you, Monica, for being a friend of the podcast and, and being a friend of so many. And Monica, I'll have you know, you were probably looking down last week, down at, down at the place you love, the place on earth that you love, the great state Texas. of Texas. And you, and you saw people people in a moment of silence to you at a time when they have 10 bills being decided in their state legislature and they're, and they're, they're taking your spirit, they've taken the baton from you and have us know we haven't stopped the mission. We have not we, stopped and we won't. We will continue the fight in your name. All right, Carly, great episode. Good talking to you, good seeing you. I will see you and we'll listen to you all next week in the transporter room. Live long and prosper. Study as she goes. We'll see you all next week.